Welcome to Through the Water Cycle on Solving Water, a xylem podcast that explores issues and opportunities water utilities have at every stage of the water cycle, from source and supply to discharge. This episode is part of a live series recorded at WEFTEC 2019 in Chicago, where xylem experts got together to discuss critical challenges, areas of focus, and current trends in the water utilities industry. Enjoy the show! Hello, welcome to WEF Tech 2019 in Chicago. I'm Amanda Holloway. I'm joined with my co-host Griffin, and um, we're recording live from the WEF Tech Beer Garden, where we're featuring water reuse beer, and it's also sponsored by Xylem. Um, our first two guests, or not our first two guests. <laughs> first for this episode. Our first two guests for this episode um, are Salvador Dominguez and Jens Scheidler. Um, and thanks so much for being here. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for having us. So we're going to talk a little bit about advanced oxidation processes, but before we get into that, just wondering if you guys can give a little bit of background about what you do for Xylem. Sure. So this is Salvador. <clears throat> I work as a product manager within the treatment organization. I'm coming originally from Germany, actually from the Vedico factory, which produces ozone and UV systems. And I'm based out of Charlotte, North Carolina now for almost four years. And I'm more dedicated on the filtration and clarification part of things within Leopold. Great. Yeah, so I'm uh, Jens and uh, I'm with the company now since 2002 and uh, based in Germany, working for the Wedeco brand. And uh, I'm responsible for our global advanced oxidation process business and our reuse business. So let's just start with the basics. What is advanced oxidation process? And I think we, we can call it AOP from here on out. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> so AOPs are all about creating the so-called OH radicals. So for all the people that are not chemists, the OH radical is the most aggressive compound we can produce to treat water. So I like to call it the Superman in water treatment. Ah. It's super fast, it's super strong, and it can really decompose all compounds common treatment technologies cannot decompose. So think about pharmaceuticals, chemicals, you cannot remove with ozone or filtration. OH radical can handle them all. So that's why I call it, it's, it's a Superman. Wow. Yeah. So <clears throat> when you want to compare it with chlorine, for instance, I think uh, OH radicals, hydroxyl radicals, they're about two times stronger than chlorine, am I correct? Yes. At least. So much stronger. Yeah. Hmm. How does that even get discovered? It? It's, uh, it, it has been discovered, um, I think, in the 19th century already. So okay. when, when all these famous chemists started to, to have a closer look what's going on. Yeah. Um, but really using it for water treatment, that's a relatively, for our conservative industry, it's a relatively new technology. So sure. in the 80s, we started to um, discover the so-called peroxone process, which is the combination of ozone and hydrogen peroxide. And I think first commercial systems went out in the 90s. So in the US, for example, for water reuse, we have uh, UV light and hydrogen peroxide. So it's a relatively young technology still. Sure, yeah. And is it common to kind of combine that with other types of treatment solutions in order to achieve the goal that you yeah. need? So the thing with, with advanced oxidation processes, so the OH radical is very strong, as I said but it requires really clean water because the OH radical is not selective, right? So you apply to the water with the goal to destruct a certain compound, but it will literally react with everything, with the water itself, with um, 
the minerals, with the organics, so with everything. So AOPs usually require some pretreatment so that you remove the bark organic to get really a clean water that does not interfere too much with the OH radical. Wow. That's interesting. So where is it used? Where is AOP typically used? What kind of applications are we thinking about? That's a very good question. So typically you want to use it where all other treatment steps basically fail, right? Oh, yeah. You have organics which are really hard to destruct, right? So you can use them in very different applications. You can use them in reuse applications, but you want to make sure that you have a very strong barrier, right? So you can, for instance, yeah. get this beer we have here I was right, gonna now, say. right? Um, but you can also use it in other applications. So right now, for instance, we have a lot of cases, uh, especially in the south of the US, but also worldwide on algae blooms, mm -hmm. right? They create uh, very intensive taste and odor issues, sometimes also toxins. And these toxins, they just pass conventional treatment plants, right? So they pass a normal clarification step, they pass the filtration step. Not even chlorine can really do anything to these components, right? So that is an application where you would put an advanced oxidation process, which can then destruct um, mm -hmm. these compounds. Mm -hmm. So in addition to being two times as strong as chlorine, I have to imagine there's other advantages to AOP versus chlorine, because chlorine is such a, you know, it's such a yeah. strong... I, I think we have to distinguish here. So chlorine is really used for disinfection mainly. You yeah. can maybe destruct some compounds with chlorine, um, but the OH radical is a compound that does not survive in the water. So it has a half-life of nano to microseconds. So you apply the OH radical, which is just oxygen and hydrogen, to the water, and you create compounds that utilize oxygen and hydrogen. So you don't create halogenated byproducts, for example, mm -hmm. which you would do with chlorine. And OH radicals do not leave a real trace in the water. So if we talk about clean water applications, so that's the difference to chlorine, which right. would leave unpleasant smell, taste, and really generates halogenated organic compounds. So the OH radical does not do that. So what kind of um, AOP systems are out there? What does is, what is Xylem offer for, for that? So, yeah, the beauty about Xylem, I think, is really that we can offer pretty much all which is out there. So we can offer UV-based advanced oxidation processes, which we really like to use in the back end of a treatment step where you have very clear water, so very high UV transmittance where the UV light can pass very fast, right? Um, and will not be absorbed. But um, we also have ozone-based advanced oxidation processes, which we like to use, for instance, um, in an earlier treatment step, before a meteor filter, for instance, right? Mm. But we can actually have also some additional benefits. Um, so on one hand side, we destruct with ozone, for instance, organics, and make these organics a little bit more biodegradable um, and available for a potential a biofilter, which is following the ozone step. And then, in addition, you add up a little bit of peroxide to your ozone process and create the OH radicals, which would be your advanced oxidation process. Mm, okay. So, for instance, if you have um, an HAB uh, situation or taste and odor issue, this typically occurs during the summer seasons, right? Yeah. So, during the summer seasons, you can run your system in AOP mode, right? And after the summer season, you would just switch off the peroxide dosing and you would just run the ozone system, right? That way you still increase the water quality, but you don't necessarily need the, the advanced oxidation process. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if this is like a chicken or the egg question or what, but um, so are you seeing more need for 
this kind of technology based on you know contaminated water and then on the other side are you seeing more interest in the technology yeah. maybe even without discussing like the contaminated water yeah. part of it you know so Currently, in the US, there's a good example that is really driving the, the need for advanced oxidation processes, and that's a compound called 1.4-dioxane. Mm -hmm. And the state of New York just changed the regulatory requirements, so the utilities are now being forced to look to remove 1.4-dioxane to much lower levels than they are currently doing. So and this is really driving the need for advanced oxidation processes, cool. because 1.4-dioxane cannot be removed with any conventional treatment technology. So mm -hmm. AUPs are the only technology that can and really remove it to these low levels that are now required. Hmm. So, so far County, I think, is a very good example. We are talking about 40 to 200 wells that are affected by 1.4 dioxane. So this is now really becoming a huge driver for advanced oxidation processes in the US. So in that case, it's regulatory driven demands are yes. yeah, yeah, driving that. Definitely. Yeah. definitely. We'll see more movement when it comes to com Contaminants of emerging concerns also in California and other states as well. Mm. But I also want to come back to your question why. It's really, if you think about 20 years ago, you know, we were measuring what? Parts per million. We started to measure parts per billion. We're starting to measure now parts per trillion. So now we really see other components which are out there, you know, and they're accumulating. And our concern for public health, right? right. And that's also kind of like with, uh, creating the need for more advanced treatment steps. All right. I think we were talking yesterday a little bit about that, just like with urbanization, population growth, just, you know, just advancement of society in general. It just creates more byproducts, more waste that's never been on this planet before. So you need new, <laughs> you need new ways to combat that. Well, and like climate change, like there's lakes in New Jersey that just had to be canceled for the summer because of harmful algal blooms, or yeah. uh, maybe that was like green algae. Hundred percent, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Mm -hmm. Algae blooms are clearly driven by by nutrients and droughts. Actually, it's mm -hmm. a little bit both. So we have one-offs on the one hand side, but also droughts. So when a river is kind of sinking down, the water level is going down, you see growth, plants are growing, then you have a flood, yeah, the water levels go up, all the organic comes back into the water, and that's beautiful food and nutrients for algae, right? So absolutely, yeah. Want to hear more about how we solve water? Check out the Bell and Gossip podcast in the Solving Water feed. Host Kyle Del Piano of Xylem talks with industry thought leaders about today's issues in commercial building systems, including DOE regulations, HVAC efficiency, hydronic systems, plumbing, education, and more. Stream episodes of the Bell & Gossett podcast wherever you listen to Solving Water. What are you seeing at WebTech that's interesting? What are people asking you about when they're asking you about AOP? Yeah, they're they're continuously. So we just had yesterday our UV mobile session, mm -hmm. and I really like to ask people, hey, what are you guys interested? And sure. uh, one third of the the people there, they were really interested in advanced oxidation processes. Um, there, I think in general we see a shift in, hey, can we do more with water? Right? Can we even if it's just irrigation? Right? Can we do more with water? Can we reuse it right. um, and not just dump it back into the river? Right? Um, so, uh, or to the seas, which would be really the worst case. Right? So th there's definitely movement and huge interest in, in repurposing the water. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, 
Yes. Well, it's got to be encouraging, right, to get more interest like that in terms of how can we take water reuse to more of a full-scale kind of a solution yeah. versus and, and it's just already like done water. today so you yeah. using our technology so thinking about california for example being one of the the leaders in water reuse in the united states mm -hmm. um, they started to to use these technologies to really produce potable water from wastewater so we call this indirect potable reuse or surface water augmentation so all of these projects require advanced oxidation processes at the end of the treatment train so to really assure that no contaminants pass the treatment can enrich in the environment or affect human health and also remove recalcitrant or very resistant pathogens. So that's why we use UV advanced oxidation in every project in California that's uh, focusing on potable reuse. So Xylem has, um, was one of the first or is the first company actually in the world that supplied a novel UV advanced oxidation process called UV Hypo. So that's, that's a very novel process that's now utilized at Terminal Island at the city of LA. Mm. And it makes water reuse even more sustainable because we, we use chemicals that are already being used by the utilities. Less chemicals have to be used with this new process. So we save money for the utilities, but also the amount of chemicals that need to be dosed into the water. Mm. So. And it really affects all the treatment steps. So yeah. not just advanced oxidation processes. So you just mentioned, right, reduction of nutrients is a big topic. So our sanitary friends, right, they're, they're all about um, how can we control and reduce nutrients as much as possible, right? So. I was just gonna kind of ask about that. I mean, we talked a little bit about this with the, with the dewatering folks that were just here in terms of our expertise as being just as much of an offering of, of ours as our products and our solutions. And so, especially with things that are complicated for people to understand, like AOP, um, you must have to like talk through the, pro the options with them, and then are, is there like piloting or like testing done, or exactly. how do you, you know? And that's, I think, our strength in, in Xylem, so that we are not limited to one advanced oxidation process. So typically, companies only have one AOP, so they need to promote. So our approach is we have a pilot container we can ship to the customer site that has literally every commercial available advanced oxidation process so they can put it to the test. Oh. So that's how we actually develop together with wow. our client this new UV hypo process for Terminal Island. So really that's, cool. that's really our strength because you have to demonstrate AOPs mm -hmm. to make the operators, to make the owner comfortable with this technology. Right. They have to see how it works, so what are the hurdles, so what are the, the, the shortfalls, etc. And that's, I think it's still mandatory to demo or pilot these technologies. Right. It's kind of interesting just talking to so many different people here, the different ways that you pilot it. So you kind of ship out a little like a yeah. solution package that they can try out on their own. Yeah, that's really we, cool. we, yeah. we call it the MyPro container, actually. We yeah. have three of them in the United States. Um, at least two are rented, if not all three of them. And it's, as you mentioned, we, we designed it in a way that they can switch on and off however they want. So they test ozone, they test UV, they, total low, they test low pressure UV, they can test medium pressure UV as well, mm -hmm. So which can imitate different wavelengths. So we try to give the consultant, the engineer, all the city as many options as possible so they can really, you know, and it made a big impact in terminal action, yeah. right? So they, they save like $180,000 a year just by using this new novel process instead of the old process so that's wow. also really hard dollars in the end yeah and and speaking of terminal island you just 
uh, called to mind just are there places in the world or even just in the U.S. that you're finding you're getting more requests for AOP? Like, are there certain whatever environmental reasons that you would be working? I mean, you know, the West Coast is kind of a hotbed. We've talked about this, but, you know, other areas. I mean, we have a lot of uh, AOP uh, solutions throughout the entire United States. Um, I want to kind of switch off a little bit to, to HAB, for instance. We have actually our... A great case study on Anderson, South South Carolina, that a few years ago, a huge taste and odor issue, like a tremendous. They, had, they were counting. So MRB Jasmine is basically the compound, right, which uh, creates a very terrible odor. Like only at 10 nanograms per liter, you can already smell it, right? And at over 10, it's so high that you don't even want to shower in that water necessarily, okay? Mm -hmm. So they had in the intake water, right, the worst case, they were around five. Okay. It was bouncing between 300 and 700. Um, I was only, when was it? 2015, I believe. 16, yeah. 16. Yeah, so it was really, really bad. Uh, we came in um, and offered them all the AOP solutions we had to offer, UV, ozone. We helped them doing all kind of bench tests. We tested, okay, how is ozone reacting with your water? How is UV reacting with your water? We helped the engineer and the city making really the best decision economically, right? Also from a performance perspective for that specific site. And only within, I think, a year and a half, really, you know, everything was decided, uh, fully engineered, and we're shipping on site. There was a tremendous effort by the entire, you know, it was a, really an effort from the entire team. So the city, the customer did a great job. Um, the consultant was really good, the contractor, our rep. The entire staff of Zion. We all work together in the CMA team. And uh, yeah, so please check out the case study or whenever you're in South Carolina, come and visit. It's beautiful. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, they have like an education facility there too, don't they? They do a lot of tours. Actually, okay. they have almost every week the tour one to two customers through the plan. Wow. It's it's really cool. Yeah, it's it's a nice compact plan to, to see and it's a beautiful ozone-based AOP in that particular case. Okay. Yeah, so Amanda, I would like to, to get back to your question initially. So where do we see demand globally for advanced oxidation processes? So from a global perspective, countries like Singapore that are very focused on water reuse, so they try at the moment our technology to see if it fits to their new water treatment train. So if they can make water reuse more resilient, more sustainable in Singapore. Um, China, for example, is really starting to clean up their industrial wastewater, the municipal wastewater. So they set very stringent uh, requirements for COD, chemical oxygen demand, which some of the utilities can only achieve with advanced oxidation processes. So we also see here a continuous grow in the interest. Okay. Um, other countries like Australia, for example, from time to time, they also face severe taste and order issues. So we have a very nice system, for example, in New Zealand that helped to, to clean up um, the, the drinking water there. Mm. So it's, I think AOP is really a global thing. So whenever you have issues with these micropollutants, so as Salvador mentioned, now we can detect them, people start to get concerned. So it's maybe not something for an emerging or a developing country, but all the industry nations, they will have these requirements for AOP. Water reuse is one of the biggest drivers, HABs. Um, we, we talked to utilities that never had taste and order issues for since they started, like in the early 1900. But due to the change in climate we see, and also because nutrients enriched because from agriculture activities, they now have complaints every summer, so they have to move. 
So we see this being one of the biggest driver for AOPs globally. Wow. 100%. And, and to add to this, another thing is, again, like, we measure... We measure... It's okay. We measure stuff we haven't measured before, right? So we, had, we were working on a Reese job in Madrid, for instance, right? Where they could find in the river, which is passing Madrid, all kind of, you know, uh, pharmaceuticals. And, and drugs. So I had to do an investigation how to remove heroin from, uh, oh my gosh. from drinking water. And I didn't want to say it. Cocaine, <laughs> cocaine was an issue. Oh. Yeah. yeah but, you see but also ibuprofen, you know, is yeah. very, um, all kind of hormones are in the water. So there's a lot of, really a lot of pharmaceuticals, basically like, like little chemical cocktail we have there yeah. in the water. And here's the thing. So they use this river water, right, to irrigate their crops so it you know it's it's a cycle, it comes right? into the food chain right yeah. so that that's really I think uh, another aspect where we want to see advances or we will probably see advanced uh, solutions you know to address these challenges well absolutely yeah. I mean it's a it's a case of public health and safety I mean you can't and can't get any better than what what you guys are doing yeah cool well speaking of reuse water should we try our should we try our beer? reuse beer our tradition to beer review. <laughs> Cheers. Mine is so treat it with xylem advanced oxidation process. Yeah. Cheers. Okay. Delicious. It tastes like beer. Taste low radicals a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, is that what that is? <laughs> uh, I think it tastes pretty good. Yeah, no, actually, this one's pretty good. Is it? What, what, is, what would you classify that as? It's Just like little, an ale? It's a little malty, but it's not too bad. It's, yeah, it's like an American lager, which has a little more alien to it, right? Yeah. It's not just, not as light as here, the, this yeah. European the Ger- light, light beer. The German spears, yeah. <laughs> They're terrible today, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's really why you came to the U.S. <laughs> like, it was a big shock. I was living uh, in the U.S. for a year and a half and got back to Germany. And the first thing, I went to the to the um, beer garden of my friend. He runs that, right? So I have a drafted beer. I'm like, oh my god, this is so light. <laughs> Can't have it anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's probably a big difference coming to the U.S. in the like the craze of IPAs right now and just a really happy and I'm not even a big IPA fan yeah. I think it's declining now so in Germany people got really tired of it yeah. Yeah. I so think it's kind of another more hoppy thing so I also privately now I started to drink Pilsner again because <laughs> I, I was so it's kind of making a comeback yeah. so you only drink yeah. it by yourself yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of agree with you you can only make it so hoppy until it's like yeah, and right. so I think it's, and you can it's only really drink now. one beer because your, your mouth is completely bitter you know yeah. it makes no sense but I still like, even if it's a lager or something, that it has a little bit more food, a little bit more yeah. body. Yeah, it's, yeah, it has character. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, well, thanks. Thank you. Uh, yeah, thanks to you both for joining us today. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome. Now you have a German accent podcast. <laughs> <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs>